Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the settler, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? The settler, huh? I'm, I'm settling on something? Settling yeah. for things? Yeah, you're, you settled. Look, yeah. look, you know you should be able to do better. Yeah. But... No matter how much you try, well, I should say no matter how much he tries, he can't bring home the bacon. He can't do it. He can't do it. But what are you going to do? Can't go out and get somebody else. You just got to settle. You've, you've settled. Three more years of this. You've settled. Three more years. That's it. You're the settler. Okay. Like, this is it. This is it. And, huh? This is the way it's going to be, the way it's always been. We just got to... Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's love because you keep thinking, you keep getting excited every year. You keep saying, oh, we're going to get Bryce Harper. We're going to get Simeon. We're going to re-sign Gosman. We're going to get Aaron Judge. We're going to get Otani. We're going to get Yamamoto. We're going to get our white whale. I mean, don't, don't, don't pay any attention to how the book Moby Dick ended, folks. <laughs> In this version, we're going to get our white whale. That is not a good analogy. That was, that's horrible. That is horrible. Anybody, anytime anybody says to you, oh, that's your white whale, they are insulting you. Don't go read Moby Dick, though, because it's a horrible book. It's so boring. There's a whole chapter about spermaceti. It's, just, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Don't read that book. Don't read that book. Read, you just go read the Wikipedia about it. But whatever, what I'm saying is Matthew's a settler. I'm not a settler. Fire Farhan! That's what I'm saying! <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, in some ways you're right, right? I mean, it's kind of like how, what else are we going to do? As a fan, especially, what do I do about this? You know, it's not like I can fire him. So Nothing. it's, uh, yeah, you either you either get excited about the possibilities or you, you know, stab yourself. Um <laughs> You know, yeah, with an ice don't pick, do that. You know, uh, don't don't do that. That's that's bad. That's bad. That's bad. It that's would numb the pain. Bad. What? You know what else numbs the pain, Matthew? Alcohol. Yes. <laughs> Hence the show. <laughs> that's right. I forgot. I'll just I'll just drown my sorrows. I'll just do that. Wow. 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 Man. <laughs> Man. You know what? We need to move on. We need to move on. Okay. okay. So question. Ready? Ready for the question? I'm 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 sure. We did too much of this topic. We need to move on. Here's the question. How many years until you realize he's a parasite sucking you dry? <laughs> Wait a minute. You said we were done with this topic. <laughs> well, I wrote the question before we recorded the show. I didn't. You didn't know I was going to stab myself? Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. And I'm too dumb to be able to pivot like that. Well, you know, I, I got to say, I mean, at least one more year. Like, I, I, you know, because because I, I think if things continue like this, he won't last three years. So I think we're somewhere between one and two years left if if things don't improve drastically. 
yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Like, I, I, I think, honestly, if the Giants finish out of the playoffs at the end of this next season, it's goodbye Farhan. And, and, and I, I mean, I could foresee a few ways that that is, like, maybe not true. But it would, it, but it would be have to be like you know we call up like a bunch of young guys and they all like you know the future they, is they bright sort kind of, of thing yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly they have some sort of miraculous run in the second half of the season like that's the only way that like if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year and and that's probably going to be based on how the rest of this offseason goes and I think probably yeah Farhan's on the off on, on the hot seat so really he's on the hot seat right now. Yeah. Um, he's got to put together a roster that can make the playoffs because if they miss out on Otani, Yamamoto, and Yamamoto, two players that they said they were shooting for, like ostensibly, if you were doing everything that you did in the last five years, it was to get to this offseason. Everything you did in the last five years was to get to here. And then you missed on everything that you had hoped and wanted. You have now wasted five years. If you cannot pivot and put something together by the end of this year to demonstrate that you have a, the ability to still win even though your plan A didn't work out, then you don't deserve to be the hobo. So, how many years until you realize he's a parasite sucking you dry? My answer is six. I mean... For the current Giants ownership, Ben realized this like two years ago. Anyway, <laughs> today is Saturday, December 23rd, as we record this podcast. It's the day before Christmas Eve, two days before Christmas. So we are recording one day early, and we have decided showing up in your feeds one day early. So you get to listen to us while you wrap presents or maybe last-minute Christmas shop. Whatever it is you're doing. Escape, you know, your in-laws and, you know, go hide in that other room. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them you got to take an important phone call and every now and then say, you're absolutely right, Ben. Or, actually, I disagree, Matthew. (laughs) Or the other way around. Sure, I guess. Maybe that's (laughs) for sure. If you're a really good actor, do that. Anyway, what has happened this week? Oh, nothing big. Eh. Signed a few players off the scrap heap. <laughs> That's you know. right. Tom Murphy. The Giants made a huge signing. They signed Tom Murphy, a player that they actually already had on their roster three <laughs> years ago. For free. Yeah, they, for... They, 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 they picked him up off of waivers. Yeah. And then they traded him to the Mariners. <laughs> and now they've signed him to a three-year contract. I believe, which includes, it includes a player option, doesn't it, Matthew? Uh, that I don't know. Are we right? Are we okay? I'm going to assume yes, but the answer might be no. But the point is, Tom is going to be 35 in three years. Well, Fangrass is a two-year contract, so I'm, I'm 24 and 25. Okay, I I heard that it was a three-year contract, but but let's go with okay. It's a two-year contract. Everything's fine, folks. It's a two-year contract. He's only going to be 34. He's a backup when... catcher, dude. What do you want? Is he the backup catcher, Matthew? He's the backup catcher. Is he? He is. Are you sure? I'm sure. 
because because Patrick Bailey could like hit like a t-ball player and still have a positive war based on his defense. So yes, that's he's, true. That's he true. Is the starting. That's true. Catcher. Patrick Patrick Bailey doesn't have to worry until Robo Umps show up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> once once the Robo Umps show up, then Patrick Bailey's got some work to do. <laughs> but until then, he's extremely valuable. You're right. Yes, I agree. Tom Murphy is going to be the backup catcher. That does mean some weird things for one Joey Bart, who has to be on the major league roster or be removed from the Giants roster by opening day. So the clock is now ticking on that whole situation. But really, the clock has been ticking for a while. The clock has been ticking for a while. I think the clock has been I ticking. I mean, he, he couldn't far- even break beat the Rule 5 draftee, you know, guy last so because the guy was a Rule 5 draftee. I think it's still debatable that he was better. Okay, look, no, you're right. No, Blake Sable was better because Blake Sable could sort of, kind of, Blake Sable could play left field better than Jock Peterson. Yeah. I will give him that, and I'm not sure that Joey Bart could have. And Blake Sable anyway, could hit better than Joey Bart. Well, that is definitely true. Yeah. Yes, yes. But Blake Sable can hit better than Patrick Bailey. Well, that's true too. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 and 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 I would argue that Joey Bart, while not as good as throwing people out, his pop time's not as good. He's still a very good defensive catcher. So, like, you know, I don't know, potato tomato, is what I'm saying. But anyway, the point is, we're going to be talking about the utter disappointment of missing out on Yoshinobu Yamamoto, and how that makes this off season an utter disaster for the San Francisco Giants. And I know, I know, they could still fix things. That's going to be the second thing that we talk about. But don't come at me and say this wasn't what plan A was. Plan A was Otani and or Yamamoto. And plan A was Aaron Judge or some other big free agent. And, you know, they screwed that up. So we're going we're gonna to confront that head on. Because I know that I have said in the past, well, whatever, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But the second thing we're going to talk about is, even though Ben told you so, even though, you know, I'm not getting this fire Farhan tattoo removed from my neck, there are still things that the Giants can do to salvage this offseason. There are. And we're going to talk about those. And then I guess we're going to talk about rule changes or something, Matthew? Nah, we're not talking about that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about rule changes. Uh, or maybe we're going to talk about the big old luxury tax. You know what? We are probably going to talk about that luxury tax that the Mets are paying. <laughs> because we're going to talk about it vis-a-vis the Dodgers. Right? Because I, I know that's the big elephant sitting in the room, right? That's what everybody wants to talk about. The Dodgers. Okay, look. We're going to talk about the Dodgers. We are. But first, Matthew has a trivia question. Because always. Always. Today's trivia question is, and this is in light of Zhang Huli signing a $113 million contract. So prior to Zhang Huli, only five players have ever earned more than $100 million while playing for the Giants. Name them. Um, 
I feel like some of these are easy. Some of them are easy, but if you say Shinjo or you know or or Rickard well, Fernandez, you will be wrong, so wrong. So don't even go there. Okay, fine. I won't go there. <laughs> Big meanie, but here we go. Barry. Barry, yeah, that's a good guess there. Yeah, that's Bonds. one. Yes, I figured that was the Barry you were referring to. Yeah. And also, if we're going with Barry Bonds, we also have to go with Barry. I mean, you can't be one of the worst contracts in the history of baseball and not have made more than $100 million. Am I right? Sure. So the two Barrys, yes. All right. Willie Mays, Mel Ott. <laughs> All right. All right. And um, McCovey. Okay. All right. We will see. Uh, you know, it is. I, I'm asking a lot. Five players is a lot of people to name. Uh, a couple of those names might surprise you, which is why we're uh, we, we included this in today's and yes, question. I went into the shoulda category. Definitely <laughs> went into the shoulda. Yes, because then we're talking about real dollars earned, not uh, not based on inflation. So uh, yeah. <laughs> even if with them, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, they were practically indentured servants. They were. That's true. That's true. Uh, up and until the 70s. Isn't it time for the booze, boys? It is. I'm, actually, it's a little bit early for that, uh, Bob, but we'll, we'll get going. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, whose turn is it? What are you drinking, Matthew? That's right. That's right. It is my turn. All right. That's right, because Ben went last week complaining about how he'd been waiting so long to go and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So, Bob, uh, if you tuned in to our happy hour episode last week you would have heard ben and i answering the challenge that we gave ourselves to create cocktails that tied into a christmas song and so my song that i selected was feliz navidad so what is in a feliz navidad it has two ounces of blanco tequila a half ounce of clear creme de cacao a quarter ounce of cinnamon simple syrup Three quarter ounces of lemon juice, one sprig of rosemary. And you're going to put uh, rosemary and your cinnamon simple syrup in the bottom of a shaker, muddle it lightly. You're going to add all the other ingredients to a cocktail shaker with ice. And you're going to shake it for 12 to 15 seconds because you want this well chilled and diluted. And then you're going to double strain it into a chilled coupe glass. And you're going to garnish it with a rosemary sprig and three cranberries. And you will have this very festive, clear, and the red and the green all evoking Christmas. Uh, so that's what I'm drinking today. A Feliz Navidad. From the bottom mm, of my That's a tasty heart. cocktail. It really is. And uh, to hear Ben singing is really, really um, uh, painful. From the bottom of my heart. What are you drinking, Ben? What? It's my turn? It's your turn. Oh, boy, Bob. I've had about four of these already. Um, and, uh, Bob, I don't follow directions, um, as you know. And so while I did make a cocktail, I didn't do it from a real song. I did it from a, uh, a fictional song. And the name of that song, Bob, was Jingle Balls. Jingle Balls, Jingle Balls. I'd love to hear the rest of the lyrics in this song, but I'm going to keep going while Matthew mutters them, probably so low that you can't make them out, unfortunately. 
What's in Jingle Balls? Well, first of all, folks, it's one ounce of a gin raspberry liqueur with gold flakes called something flurries. I don't know. You're going to have to go back and listen to last Thursday's episodes to figure episode to figure out exactly what the name of that liqueur is. But you can find it at the Total Wine and More store. This is not a fancy liqueur, but I don't care. It had gold flakes in it, just like Goldschlager, but it tastes like gin and raspberry. So I'm running with it. You also have half an ounce of ginger liqueur. I'm using Domaine de Canton. You have half an ounce of lemon juice. Six to eight mint leaves, four ounces of sparkling white wine, a.k.a. champagne, and two raspberries. To make it, you put the gin raspberry liqueur, the raspberries, and the raspberries in the bottom of a champagne flute. You add the ginger liqueur, lemon juice, and mint leaves into a separate shaker where you gently muddle the mint leaves. Then you add a little bit of ice and you shake that with ice until chilled. Because you have so little volume in that shaker, it's not going to be a lot. So you're going to then strain that, double strain that into a separate container, separate vessel, to remove all of the mint leaves. And then you're going to pour that into your flute. You're going to swirl the flute, not so violently that it jumps out of the glass, but enough to combine. And then you're going to top with your sparkling white wine. And your two raspberries will float to the top to become... Jingle balls. balls. To become your jingle balls. Yes. And that's how you make the jingle balls, Bob. And that's what I'm drinking today. I'm on my fifth. Mmm. That's a tasty cocktail. It might be. I forgot. Oh, man. All right. Well, Jingle Balls and Feliz Navidad. And uh, you know what what neither of these uh, have, though, is sake. (laughs) They do not. Neither of these have sake in them. That is true. I was prepared, Ben. (laughs) I was prepared to create a sake-infused cocktail. You know, it wouldn't have been Feliz Navidad. It would have been like, you know, I don't know, Merry Christmas in Japanese. I don't know. But uh, but, but instead, we're sitting here lamenting the fact that not only did the Giants lose out on both Otani and Yamamoto, but they both went to the freaking Dodgers, which I think is actually worse than losing out to both Otani and Yamamoto. And... Uh, I just, yeah, and then, and to top it all off, and I'm supposed to be the optimist, but then you know you see Susan Slusser, well-respected uh, journalist for the Chronicle, write a story about how the Giants did all they could for Yamamoto, and you know what? As soon as I heard that Yamamoto uh, was uh, signing with the Dodgers, I tweeted out. I said, "Cue the video where Farhan talks about how they did everything they could." And sure enough, there was no video, but sure enough, they leaked it out to Susan that, hey, man, we did everything we could. We even flew down there. We actually gave him all the money that he wanted and all that. And uh, and so, you know, and I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. But Ben, nobody wants to be a giant. They didn't. 
Nope. Nobody. Nobody no. wants to be a giant. Yeah, I agree with that. Nobody, nobody who has the choice of going anywhere that they want wants to choose to go to San Francisco. And I'm going to soften this up a little bit up at the front. They don't want to go anywhere except L.A. Okay, there was a time, fans, listeners, when, when this was the New York Yankees. I remember waking up one morning when a pitcher whose name I can't even remember, but I remember that his nickname was Moose. Who was Moose who used to pitch for the for the Orioles and then he signed a free agent deal with the Yankees? Moussina. Oh, yes. Mike I remember when, like, waking up and hearing some radio guy talk about how what a disaster it was that the Yankees got Moussina way back in the day. My point is, is that, like, look, this used to be the Yankees. So the point is, is that like these things go in cycles. This could be any big team that can spend a lot of money. And I believe that the San Francisco Giants can be one of those teams. This could be the San Francisco Giants. The San Francisco Giants could be the giant in the room that nobody else can compete with because the Giants are always winning and always spending money. Could be. And I think there's even members of this ownership group that want to be that. They could be that, but not when Farhan Zaidi is the guy. So, did they do all they could? No, they didn't. If they had done all of they could, they would have signed a lot of different players in the past five years and be a completely different team. If they did all they could, they would be a team that was really, really good at developing their minor league talent instead of what appears to be just average. They're just as good as everybody else or slightly below average. They're certainly not the best. So did they do all they could? I think Farhan Zaidi did all he could. I think a team run by Farhan Zaidi did all it could. I don't think that it was all that the San Francisco Giants could have done. But when the San Francisco Giants are run by Farhan Zaidi, I do. I agree. They did do all they could. And all they could is not good enough. And you can literally point out their mistakes from the last few years and show them where they failed. Bryce Harper, Gosman. I haven't heard... Uh, Kawakami say, you know, like he pointed out after the 2021 season when they thought they had mastered the secret of baseball, Matthew, as you said, they had the cheat code after 2021. They could have gone and signed Simeon or other players, right? Yeah. But they didn't because they thought they were so smart. And so I believe that Farhan Zaidi did do all he could. I do not believe that the San Francisco Giants did all that they could. So, I mean, the bottom line is, look, I don't know where you go from here if you're them. Like, this is the year. Like, if you're going to sell me some plan that you had, this is the year when it all paid off. And it didn't. And now the team that your fan base hates the most is the most powerful team in possibly all of sports. 
and you haven't made the playoffs in two years, and the one year that you did was clearly a fluke when you thought you had the cheat code, but really what happened was a Hall of Famer came back from a full year off, and two other really good players had really great years, had their career years. And so it wasn't about you. It was about those guys. That's why 2021 happened. 2021 happened because of Buster Posey, because of Gosman, because of Belt, because of Crawford, and because of Darren Ruff. That's why 2021 happened. And most of that has nothing to do with Farhan Zaidi. And you didn't even recognize how much those guys contributed because you didn't retain Gosman, the one guy who you could claim credit for. Right. So, you know, did they do all they could? Did the Giants do all they could? No. Did Farhan Zaidi do all he could? I agree. Yes, he did. He did. He did all he could. And he failed because he's a failure. He shouldn't be running the team. But he is running the team. And as I said at the top of the show, he's probably running the team for at least another year. But here's the thing. If the Giants don't make the playoffs, he should be gone in 2024. He should be gone. And I hope that he is. If he isn't, then I think we turn the Giants off for a year in 2025. Like, at least I do. I don't know what that means for this show. <laughs> It'd be hard to do a podcast when we're not watching them. It's hard to do a podcast when you're not watching. But yeah, like, you know, like, this is an utter, utter failure at every level. You you cannot, you cannot sell this anymore. You can't fool me anymore. This was your plan. If this wasn't your plan, then you didn't have one. 2024 was your plan. And you failed utterly. <sighs> well, you know, you bringing up Mike Mussina, I, uh, prior to looking at Mike Mussina's stats, I was like, well, you know, as they get older, they just get worse, you know, and that'll, that's the, that's what makes me feel better. But, uh, Mike Mussina was a hall of famer who right. was a first time 20 game winner at his age 39 season, his last season in the majors. Uh, he won 20 games that year, pitched 34, led the majors in starts with 34. Uh, and uh, yeah. Um, so I, you know, we could be looking at a hall of fame pitcher, you know, for the next uh, 12 years. Um, and uh, you know, that kind of sucks. Uh, and you know, and, you're right, though, right? I mean, they not just the Giants, right? He didn't choose anybody else either but the Dodgers. And so you go listen to Yankees and Mets podcasts, and they're all pissed that, that the Dodgers signed him as well, right? So, you know, it uh, comes down to it. It's hard to compete when you've got Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and now Otani all in the same room going, hey, man, come over here and play with us. And by the way, they'll pay you whatever you want. Yeah. I, I will say this, though. Mike Messina never won a World Series. Oh, okay. Well, that makes me feel a little better. Thanks for that. Yeah. And, and, and like, I mean, like, that's all I have to say about, like, Farhan Zaidi and the Giants regime. Like, I'm still a Giants fan. I still believe that there is the possibility of them turning this offseason around, right? They can still build a competitive team. I don't think that any team that the Giants put together is going to beat the, the Dodgers next year for the division title, but they don't need to. 
But you know who else didn't win the division last year, Matthew? The Arizona Diamondbacks. Right? And I'm not really confident that the Dodgers have done enough so far to fix their biggest problem, which is their starting rotation. Yamamoto helps a lot, for sure, but he can only start once every, once every five games. Otani, he helps a lot, sure. In 2025, maybe. So I guess maybe. not sure. Yeah. yeah, sure is not, it's not so sure. So, like, as far as the Dodgers go, like, and how often, how often have you seen the team that spends the most money or has the best roster win the World Series? It seems like that's a surefire way to make sure you don't do it. <laughs> that is. And that that is what I'm hanging on to as far as my uh, hopes is that, you know, because ultimately you you get into the wild, you get into the playoffs and you have three good pitchers and your your batting gets hot and anything can happen. Right. So. I think you know the Giants are right to be focusing on trying to strengthen their pitching staff because that's the one area that I think they can get better in and it make a legitimate difference. And you know, you look at like projection systems like the Fangraphs, so their Zips projection system, they're projecting uh, eighty to eighty, you know, eighty to eighty six wins or something like that. And so you know, in that respect, and that's what they don't make another move, right? So that's just as is right now. Uh, so they're almost there. They're almost in that third wild card. And I know Bob. Bob, what do you say about the third wild card? Third wild card is the worst wild card. That's right. It's the worst wild card, but it's also a possibility to get into the you know to to make it to the World Series as we've seen. So you know, with the whole new way of of getting you know with the playoffs now the way they are, and so many teams being able to make them, you know, uh, thankfully for the Giants. You don't need to have all the star power in order to do that. And frankly, in 2010, 12 and 14, they really didn't have that either. Right. And so it's kind of almost like going back to that blueprint of strong pitching with, you know, uh, an occasional you know star uh, sprinkled in. And so we just need to find that star. And uh, the, you're right. The offseason isn't over yet. We still have got some players that are out there that could conceivably help the Giants. And, um, you know, maybe we should talk about that. Uh you know, so you're right now, the biggest name on the market still is Blake Snell. And then there's also a lot of talk about Jordan Montgomery and Jordan Montgomery, uh, you know, didn't get the, 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 the press or the, the, the accolades, I think that Blake Snell has gotten as far as free agents. But if you look at their, uh, you know, if you look at them, they're just their last season, they actually had very similar years uh, as far as like whip. Um, you know, Blake Snell was had the better year. I mean, let's be clear about that. But but Jordan Montgomery had a very solid year with an ERA plus of 138. Uh, you know, so 38% above league average in his ERA. Uh, you know, the difference between them is that uh Blake Snell uh walked almost over twice as many hit uh hitters as Jordan Montgomery did, right? And Jordan Montgomery was less likely to give up walks, more likely to give up hits. So, you know, it's uh I think in a park like Oracle, you know, uh, Jordan Montgomery could be a really good pitcher. So my question to you, Ben, is is one or the other the answer? Well, why not both? I mean, why not both? That's right. You know, at this point, Farhan, why not both? Right. You just. Just just shovel money down their throats. And uh, although we've learned that money isn't uh, the biggest uh, you know, attraction to San Francisco, but it's a good start. Right. 
Well, I do want to say this. Like, look, my whole point, the argument that I've made is is that if you just pay these guys 20% more, then then they'll sign with the Giants. I don't know if they had the ability for Otani and Yamamoto to offer 20% more. I think that the rumor, at least that my gut feeling, my perception is, is that they did offer Yamamoto more and he just chose to be a, a Dodger. You know, and, and, and think about it, folks. Like when somebody's giving you $300 million, like, and you're when like, it's funny okay. money already. Do you really need more yeah. funny money? Like you could be 300, you could be set for life and never worry again and also win three World Series and be a Hall of Famer and be on the greatest team ever. Or you can make $325 million and not have those things. Because I think that's how these guys are thinking. I think that's how Otani is thinking. I think that's how Yamamoto is thinking, even though it never works out that way. Yeah. And I mean, so, I think that's how I would think about it, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, well, shoot, you know, I at this point, it's so much money that I don't even need. Like, it doesn't matter. I'll never have to worry about anything ever. Like, I yeah. can fly private jets and and it really doesn't matter how many people complain to me about my, you know, my carbon footprint. Like, I just don't care. Right. Like, <laughs> that's how much money you have. Yeah. Plant lots of trees. Yeah, I'll just plant lots of trees because like I have so much money. Like that's the level that you're at. And and I agree. Like I think and you know, I sat here a couple weeks ago and I said if you just give them twenty percent more, but I guess there's a level at which point you don't care. Right? Like you, the poop overweighs the twenty percent, I guess, is what happened. Right. Um, so but here's my my point about Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery is this, okay, look, if you're not gonna spend that money over the next few years on Yamamoto and Otani, what are you going to do with that money? Where's it going to go? I know a lot of us think, oh, it's going to go into the Johnson family's pocketbook. I don't think that's true. Look, I know there's a lot of people out there that really, really want to think that these people are just using the Giants to, like, pad their pocketbooks. I don't believe that. And I, I and I I know that because if I was in their position, I wouldn't be doing that either. Because hey, I'm the one that's paying the people. I'm way more set than they are. I'm a billionaire. I think these people want to win. Like <laughs> I think they really do. I think they really want to be like I'm the smartest billionaire. And I think they want to win. And I, and and it's not even that, right? Like even if they were just normal people, and I know they're not normal people, but if they were normal people. They would still want to win. I think they want to win. So why not give that money to people who, quote unquote, don't deserve it? Because look, folks, nobody playing a sport deserves this money. But it exists. And this is capitalism. And this is how it works. And so why not give that money that you were going to give to Otani and you were going to give to Yamamoto over the next four years, five years, why not give that to Snell and Montgomery? Yes, because why not? Why not? Because now you can compete. And now you, you know, and we're going to get to this a little bit later, but that means a lot in terms of also, because there are other names, who that impacts. Names like Beck, Wizenhunt, Wynn, right? Like, Mason. That impacts those guys too, because now they're blocked by these guys that you spent money on for the next four years. Right. And so, like, why not both? Why not go get Snell and Montgomery for silly money? 
and and, and the, the cynic in Ben will tell you because Farhan Zaidi is your guy and, and he he just can't win. Like he can't win. He is Charlie Brown. Farhan Zaidi oh, is Charlie oh, Brown. Oh, he is Charlie Brown. <laughs> you just realized that, didn't you? Oh my gosh. Uh, that is oh man, he's gonna keep running up and kicking that football, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He is. <laughs> <laughs> and all and every single player, every single free agent is Lucy pulling the ball away. <laughs> That's who Farhan Saidi is. Farhan Saidi is Charlie Brown, and they're going to pull the ball away. But let's say we had somebody else, somebody different, somebody like, I don't know, I'm just going to throw a random name out there, like Kim Ng. Just a random name. Uh, no, no, I don't mean anything by that. But let's just say <laughs> she was running the team. They probably wouldn't pull the football away from her. And if she gave Snell and Montgomery silly money and you tell those guys, look, you guys go right up against those guys. And imagine facing the Dodgers in the postseason and mowing through. Look what look what look what the Diamondbacks did to them. Well, and, get... and Blake Snell actually has a really good uh, record against uh, the Dodgers. Uh, right. Historically, so. Right. You could be the ones that take those guys down and you could. Right. The D-Bags did it, and the D-Bags have a great one-two punch. Don't get me wrong, they do. Like, we as Giants fans, we know that the D-Bags have a great one-two punch. But now imagine you have a great one-two-three punch with Snell, Montgomery, and Webb. And that's not even to think about, like, the maturation and growth of someone like Kyle Harrison, right? I mean, so... Right, yeah, no, for sure. And Harrison's a wild card, right? I mean, he could be your number one guy. He could be your number four guy. But, like, once you have four guys, you can mow through the playoffs. When you have four starters, you are the boss. Your Freemans, your Otanis, your Mookie Betts, be damned. And the Giants could still build that. And they could also trade, like, Corbin Burns. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm not. Corbin Burns does not like the Brewers because they, they treated him poorly. <laughs> recently but i'm not sure i don't know that the brewers care enough i think the brewers might hang on to him i think there's some thinking that they're going to hang on to him at least to the trade deadline because of what they did with uh, hater and how the fans and players reacted when they traded hater so uh so it'd be it'd be surprising if uh if he were to let be traded before the season started right but the giants could be in the play for that if they if they signs both snell and montgomery so my question is why not both? And I definitely think that is the right way to go. Go after starting pitching. Pitching and defense. So give me Snell, Montgomery, and Chapman. Mm-hmm. J- just, you know, do not, like, and, and, like, don't go for anybody else, right? Like, that's how you can salvage this offseason. Like, nothing is, at this point, nothing is going to redeem Farhan Zaidi in my eyes. Nothing. He's had five years to turn this organization around, and all he has done is demonstrated how smart he isn't. I, I think, I think you're you're wrong when you say nothing because I think, you know, if we see another, if the Giants win this year, then then a lot is forgiven, right? And uh, the player, let's say, let's say Conforto and Hanniger all of a sudden have are back to where they, you know, they were earlier in their career, you know, I mean, and which, you know, maybe is unlikely, but also not out of the realm of possibility. So, you know, I, I think that, and that's kind of where, you know, baseball gets weird, right? Because you can, you can have these really down years and all of a sudden you've got everybody doing what you thought a year later. And so, so I, you know, I'm not, 
this is an important year. I mean, this is probably the most important year. And you've got a new manager and you've got like all these things that are going on now. You still have a couple slots you need to fill. And so, you know, the the offseason is still the most important offseason at this point. You mentioned Chapman, right? I mean, yeah, getting a, a defensive player that has upside offensively, you know, that uh, could solidify, help solidify the infield. Absolutely. Why not? Go for that, right? Uh, and, and now you've got... Uh, we, you know, we, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, there's been some discussion amongst the pundits around maybe trading for someone like Hassan Kim and the Padres, you know, that could uh, add some shortstop depth uh, if Marco Luciano does not pan out to be the player that everyone's hoping. And frankly, right now, it I'm a little worried that he's not going to be the player that everyone is hoping and certainly hasn't shown it yet. And feel a little nervous going into a season with your anointed shortstop being someone who hasn't proven it yet, no matter how great his pedigree is. I mean, we saw that with David VR last year, right? He was the anointed third baseman. And then that lasted all of like, what, three or four weeks. Uh, so that's exactly why I feel like we should be looking at someone like, you know, Hassan Kim, right? And, uh, you know, that's the kind of move. That that needs to happen. I mean, we've been talking about you know using some of our pitching depth to go get you know impact offensive players, but not you know Hassan Kim is a fine offensive player, but where he really adds value is his defensive ability and his flexibility around the infield. So, absolutely somebody that we should we should be uh, looking for, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think? I agree, and and I'm going to say unfortunately I agree, especially in regards to Hassan Kim. I I think that. I think Chapman is definitely a guy that we should be looking at. Um, it does bring up some questions around Davis because Davis is, was a great contributor for the Giants. And, and and I don't think there's anything negative that you can say about him, especially the year that he gave the Giants in, in, in 2023. Right. However, I am very, very concerned about Marco Luciano. And I know he's young and maybe he needs another year to develop. But if he needs another year to develop, that means he's not ready this year. And what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do at shortstop? Yes, you have Casey Schmidt. But yes, you had some you of the have... same problems, right? I mean, just right. Know, I mean, right. Good like, defensively, but not really you know, offensively was a black hole, to be honest. Right. Ex exactly. And and so here's my problem with Marco Luciano. He went to play winter ball in the Dominican and as far as I can tell, he got off to his first like four or five games. He was on fire and then he fell off a cliff and then he disappeared. Like I can't find any stats for him past late November. Donde, he hasn't played it. Donde in está Marco Luciano? Donde está Marco Luciano? Donde está? See, si. no sé. Claro, like for sure. Like, where is the dude? Like, what happened this off? Like, he has not played. He has not hit for a very long time. Not just at the major league level, not just at AAA, but he has not hit in the Dominican Winter League, and he's not even playing for them, as far as I can tell. Where has Marco Luciano gone? Like, what has happened? Like, does anybody listen to our podcast who might not want to throw this up as a question mark? Where is Marco Luciano and what is he doing right now? Because it don't look good. 
is what I'm saying. And yes, like if you're going to be competitive next year, you start really at this point, I think you have to start asking like who's going to be our shortstop because maybe it shouldn't be Luciano. And I know that the Giants said they were committed to him at the end of the season, but the way things have gone in the last four or five months, I'm not sure that's the right answer. You know, and I don't know how all these things work. I'm very confused about what's happening to Elliot Ramos or Elliot Ramos at this point. But but nobody seems to know that either. But again, I'll just I'll just put all of that at the feet of, of, of Farhan Zaidi, who, who I clearly don't like. Uh, but but I will say this. Yes. So therefore, Hassan Kim, you know, yeah, maybe you trade for him. He's got one year left and then you extend him depending on how Marco Luciano is done or if you all find him. Because I don't know where he is. Uh, and, and so, yeah, I totally agree with you on that. And and, and also, I like Hassan Kim because he is great defensively. He stole shortstop from Fernando Tatis. Yeah. And, like, one of the only good things that happened to the Padres this year was that Tatis turned out to be a great right fielder. And I know it's right field. But still, he might be the best defensive right fielder in baseball. Yeah, and, and well, just like Hassan Kim's uh, defensive abilities. I mean, just he's one of those few players that you look at and you watch him field a ground ball, and you're like, wow, that looks impressive. You know, uh, just just so fluid and so smooth, and just his 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 accuracy in his arm, and just you know, all of that is uh, just really impressive, and absolutely could help solve our shortstop problem. And he's a cl- he's clutch. He's clutch. Doesn't do it all the time, but he's a guy that you could put in the nine hole right in front of Lee, right? And the two of those guys back to back, suddenly they're causing all kinds of problems on the base paths. Like these guys could be a really, really dynamic duo. And and we know that Hassan Kim can do it. Unlike Marco Luciano, who we don't even know where he is. I mean, Hassan Kim, not only so, not only on his his defensive ability, but he stole 38 bases last year. I mean, the Giants stole like 54 bases as a team or something ridiculous like that. Right. So. So, you know, just adding that athleticism that, that Farhan's been talking about, I mean, just checks off so many boxes. And I know that the Padres might be reluctant to trade him to someone within the, the division, but that's where, you know, you're going to have to pay. And, and, you know, that's where, you know, our starting pitching depth. Some of our outfielder depth, I and mean, we've got like eight starting, we've got eight outfielders on our 40-man roster. So, you know, there's definitely some some parts that we could move because right now, according to Fangraphs, the uh, the Padres uh, starting left fielder that's penciled in is a non-roster invitee named Cal Mitchell, right? So you can't tell me that the Padres have a need for an outfielder. Uh, we have a few. And so I, I think that uh, we might be able to work out uh, something there. We, we do have a few. We do have a few outfielders, some who are flexible, some who we kind of didn't want to, you know, take their options. Yeah. Well, you right? know, maybe Con- like, Michael Conforto could be, you know, a, a part of that trade. That's true. And then you would give him the opportunity to hit a bunch of home runs against the And that's exactly what would happen. Absolutely. Right. Right. And I feel like, you know, if he went to San Diego, he would hit a lot of home runs against the Giants as opposed to playing for San Francisco where he won't do anything. Correct. That's just the way it works. Be- yeah. Because Murphy's law. Because <laughs> uh, Charlie Brown's law. Yeah. Because <laughs> Charlie Brown's law. Well, I was going to say, speaking of Murphy, 
Oh, I like because that. Yes. Yeah. Well, because, you know, like, look, there's a lot of ways that we could get players, right? We could get players via free agency. We could get players via trade like Hassan Kim. But but and, and we talked about people who could be traded for them, especially if you do sign people like Snell or Montgomery. Suddenly people like, you know, Mason Black and, uh, you know, Carson Wisenhunt and maybe even Wynn and Beck become available. Yeah. Right. Maybe those could be pieces in those trades. But another big name in the San Francisco Giants suddenly was put on the clock when the Giants signed Tom Murphy. Good old Tom right? Murphy. Like, good old Tom Murphy. Like, we were supposed to get Yoshinobu Yamamoto, but instead we got Tom Murphy. Matthew, who is Tom Murphy? Uh, he is a, a a backup catcher who has a strong record of of having a good bat and a average defensive abilities, right? I mean, he's just one of those. Yeah, guys. he's not great defensively, but he does have a good bat, and he is a great backup catcher. He's 32 years old, which means he's old in baseball terms, but it also means what, Matthew? What do old people have that young people don't? Experience. Experience. Yeah, I, I kind of like so him would, to like a, a, you know, maybe a, a Kirk Casale with a little bit more offensive upside, you know, I think, you know, right. just, you know, which has done well for the Giants in the past. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. So the Giants signed Tom Murphy and I was over there on the Instagram and I don't remember, I think it was like KNBR who said this was a rumor. And I was looking through the comments and there were a lot of people who were angry about this signing. There were some people who were like, why are you signing this guy when you should be focusing on the bigger free agents? And the, to those people, I'm just sort of like, you know, they have to focus on all of these things all at the same time. Stop showing off how like ignorant you are. <laughs> and then there were a lot of other people who were like, you know, why are they getting a catcher? We already have Patrick Bailey. And Matthew, I learned. And Matthew, I learned a new insult that I didn't know for baseball fans. Oh, what's that? Casual. Oh, so that's an insult, huh? You call someone casual? It's an insult. It's an insult. Yeah, like Matthew. So Matthew, you're a casual. I I, I don't mean that as an insult. You just are. <laughs> And, and, and <laughs> I totally meant that as an insult. I know you did. And, and, you, and, and you totally, you totally aren't, but a casual, a casual is a person who's a fan, but literally knows nothing about the sport. Right. And so there's a large number of people out there, Matthew, believe it or not, who don't know that the, that a baseball team carries two catchers every year. And that, right? uh, They're and like, that the what starting a catcher only play, uh, catches two out of every three games. That's right. The starting catcher, maybe, maybe, maybe maximum they do 80% of the games, right? They do 80 to 60% of the games is your starting catcher. And so a lot of people, they're like, what about Patrick Bailey? And we're, <laughs> it's like, look, Tom Murphy was, I, I know nobody listening to this show is a casual, but just in case you're listening in the car with your significant other and they're a casual, the most baseball teams carry two catchers. One of them is your primary catcher, and one of them is your backup catcher. Patrick Bailey is the San Francisco Giants starting catcher next year. Tom Murphy is now your backup. Okay, why do we care? What does that mean? Well, it means that your backup catcher next year 
is not Blake Sable. But that's okay, because Blake is no longer a Rule 5 draftee, and Blake can hang out in Sacramento all year. And he probably will. It also means, though, that Joey Bart is not your backup catcher. And he has already decided that he is never going to spend another day in the city of Sacramento. No offense to anybody who lives in Sacramento. But Joey Bart is never coming back. Because he doesn't have to, because all of his options are gone, and if the Giants keep him on their 40-man roster, they have to put him on his their 26-man roster, which means he has to be the backup catcher. But now he's not going to be. So he has to be either released or traded. And there is some possibility. There's like a, there's like a minute possibility that he could go back to Sacramento, but he's not going to. Because Joey Bart is one of the best 60 best people in the world at his position. He is. He's going to be on a major league roster next year. But it's not going to be for the Giants. So, he should be what, Matthew? Uh, traded. Traded, yes! He is definitely worth something. Yeah, probably not a lot. And probably having to be part of a package, you know, but uh, yes. because, you know, the Giants don't have any leverage on this. Everybody knows that uh, Joey Bart's going to be released, if not traded. So, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but he does have some value. I mean, certainly his defensive skills and as a catcher, those are important and, and sought after. So, you know, but uh, yeah, they're not getting they're, they're not getting Corbin Burns for, you know, for Joey Bart, but, uh, but, but, you know, uh, there's other way. And I'm sure, you know, we have a package that we could put together that includes Joey Bart because they're going to have to clear some space, you know, whether it's uh, for Joey Bart or, you know, if they sign Chapman, there's JD Davis, you know, there's all of our outfielders, you know, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be some trading that it's going to need to happen just to be able to clear 40 man spots. So that in right. itself is important. Right. All of which is to say, and I know that we're kind of coming in on time here. All of which is to say, the sky is not falling. There are things that this regime can do to make a competitive playoff team for 2024. And anything that the Dodgers have done up to this point doesn't, I I mean, what does that mean? It means the Giants, the Dodgers are going to win the division again? like they have 10 out of the last 11 seasons. Right. It means that they have a a, a really scary lineup that's going to be very scary in 162 games, but in a five or seven game series is probably going to just, you know, just, you know, fall over on itself. Right. You're going to have a lot of Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts apologizing. That's what you're going to have. Right. That's the Dodgers. Like, I'm not afraid of them at all, like, in the playoffs. If the Diamondbacks are afraid, are not afraid of them, why should the Giants be? Because the Giants are mid. The Giants are mid. Because they can't make the playoffs. But you make the playoffs and you win in the, you win in the postseason with great pitching and great defense. And there's still options out there to give the Giants a very dominant rotation and a very strong defense. And they can go build that and do that. Stay tuned, That's the folks. upside. Stay tuned to yes. see if that actually happens, or does Lucy Stay pull tuned. the ball away one more time? That's right. And Matthew believes that Lucy's not going to pull the ball away, At but some Ben point, totally she's knows. Let the kid kick it. No, she's never going to do that, Matthew. She's she's evil. She is she is a psychopath. She is. Farhan Brown is never going to kick the ball. 
Farhan Brown is never going to kick the ball. He 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 got he kicked one already. Oh, I saw. <laughs> you know, so <sighs> I don't. He did get one. <laughs> All right. See, see, it could happen yeah, again. Then could happen I again. I agree. I do. I do agree that Farhan Zaidi did have the most important free agent signing since Barry Zito. He did. All right. All right. I will also point out that that is a person who has never played at the major league level. Okay. Well, maybe this is a good way to stop because uh, we can tr- we can segue into our trivia question answer, which was about signing uh, people to large sums of money. So the uh, the trivia question, as you recall, was. Uh, only five players have ever earned more than $100 million while playing for the Giants. Name them. And you were right. You had the first two, the Berries were in there. I had the Berries. Yep. And so mm-hmm. number one is Barry Bonds, who earned a total of $184 million while playing for the Giants. Uh, uh, number two, though, Buster Posey, who oh, earned a combined $171 million over his Giants career. Yeah, that makes sense. Number three, Matt Kane, who earned $146 million and mm. had just a barely 500 record during that time, but also was instrumental in two World Series wins. Uh, yeah, but but that's because the Giants didn't score runs for him. The record doesn't. That's true. That's, that's not, a good point. Because he, yeah. he got Matt Kane. He got Matt But Kane's. when it came time to yeah. the World Series, the guy the guy was 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 money. Uh, I've heard Phillies people complain about Matt Kane, and, and it's pretty amazing. It's pretty beautiful. <laughs> Number four was Barry Zito and his $126 million contract. Number five might surprise you. Number five, over two different stints, Hunter Pence earned $104 million while playing for the Giants. This is the fifth highest earnings ever by a Giants player. Um, He signed a five-year $90 million contract after he came over from the Rangers which is kind of similar to what Jung Hu Lee's contract over six years. So, you know, I, I uh, you know, so it was, uh, I was kind of surprised, I guess is all I'm saying, that uh, that Hunter Pence was one of the largest uh, free agent signings ever by the, the Giants. I would say all of these guys are worthy, except for, for Zito. All of these guys are worthy. Yeah, absolutely. For the money they right? Earned. I mean, I mean, four of them won rings with the Giants. <laughs> and so that makes them worthy. <laughs> yeah. Barry is bare. Bonds is Bonds, right? Yes. Right? Yes. Yeah. He went to the World Series. So, you know, there was that. But, uh, yeah, that's true. He did. He did. And, you know, in the 2022, sorry, the 2002 season, postseason, he was unbelievable. Um, you know, and we've talked about Zito. I don't know that Zito deserves this money, but Zito is like, in my mind, like, there were a lot of people that were responsible for that ring in 2012. A lot. But without Barry Zito, they don't win it. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, you know, that that in itself should uh, kind of wash away some of that that sourness of that contract. All right, Ben. Uh, so that wraps up our trivia question. Looking ahead, uh, I am bringing to happy hour this week, I am proud to say, a cocktail called Soju Love Jung Hu. And it is a cocktail that was inspired by uh, Zhang Huli's signing. And it's with uh, soju, a South Korean, uh, a spirit that is very popular in South Korea. Ben, what are you bringing to happy hour on Thursday? 
Well, Matthew, I put a lot of thought and work into the cocktail that I'm bringing. And uh, because, you know, we're coming up on the end of the year and because I've been doing this whole bubble kick and because of a lot of effort and hard work on my part, I am presenting a cocktail that I am calling the 2023. And what's cool, folks, because of how much effort I put into it and how much I thought about this, is actually you can configure this for if 2023 was a good year for you, like, you know, Texas Ranger good, or was a bad year for you, like, I don't know, San Francisco Giant-like, or was a mediocre year for you, like Farhan Zaidi-like, because you did a bad job, but you still got paid millions of dollars to do more of it. And that's the cool thing about the 2023 you can configure it for whatever year you kind of had. That's right. And that's what I'm drinking. So come yeah. on uh, and join us on Thursday on happy hour. And you can learn about how to customize your, your 2023 based on how your year went. Uh, all right. Well, having said that, uh, folks, don't forget to uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. And uh, you, know, you can also rate us on Apple Podcasts or the podcast listener of your choice. Just click those five stars. You could also leave a uh, review. Uh, our latest review was written entirely by ChatGPT, which was hilarious uh, and also very accurate. So uh, you, know, you can write a really good review. You don't have to give it a lot of effort. Just go and do it. Uh, so thank you to whoever left uh, that one. It, it caused uh, some some chuckles from us over here. Uh, and uh, don't forget to tell a friend. Tell your enemies. Tell somebody about Giant Cocktails. Uh, any of your Giants fans or cocktail fans that you know who might appreciate listening to the show. All right, Ben. With that, my friend, I think we should wrap this up. Have a very Merry Christmas. And uh, we'll see you next week. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye. Adios. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. I drew a blank. I'm getting old. What can I say? <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Hobbity hobbity ho. Floobity floobity. Oh, Ben's getting so cold.